Good morning. Welcome to the Letter to Philippi Live broadcast. This is Sean Imsley. I will be your teacher as we continue our study in the Paul's letter to Philippi, the the also known as Philippians. And this is and Letter to Philippi Live is an initiative of Letter to Philippi.org. Uh, letter to Philippi is a new Messianic Jewish theological and biblical studies organization focused on building a 21st century Messianic Jewish theology that is grounded in the scriptures of Israel, the tradition of Israel, and for the glory of the Messiah of Israel. So we continue, we, we finished our uh, study, we completed chapter two yesterday of Philippians. We're now entering into chapter three. There are four chapters in, the, in Paul's letter to Philippi. And we'll be getting into the third chapter of the letter today. And it is great having you with us for those who will be with us on, on uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and YouTube Live, and also streaming on our website, letter to philippi.org. And uh, we'll be getting started with a word of prayer, and then we'll go in and looking at the first three ch verses of chapter three in, in Philippians letter to Philippi. Oh Lord, you're good. We thank you again for this new day you've given us and this new opportunity to look into your holy word, to look in these words of your holy servant, Paul. May we become more and more in Messiah as we continue to study these words. And may we be transformed today by the hearing of your word. And may we become more like our Messiah each day. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you for these words of your servant, Paul. In the name of Yeshua, our righteous Messiah, we pray. Amen. So we continue in our study in the book of Philippians. We're now into chapter three. There are four chapters in Paul's letter to Philippi, this being the third chapter. And we will be looking at the first three verses of the chapter today, and uh, as as we continue our study here, let me just go over to uh, just to confirm the weirs. Okay, we are streaming to to Facebook. Okay, so think so we, again. This is loaded to fill pie. Live broadcast. My name is Sean Imsley, your teacher, and we'll be looking at Philippians chapter three, verses one through three today, on the letter to Philippi. Letter to Philippi. dot org. Letter to Philippi live broadcast. In chapter three of Philippians, Paul begins with a warning against false teachers. Depending on the scholar. These false teachers are either real individuals threatening the gospel message in Philippi, or there were false, or there were potential false teachers who would come to Philippi now that the gospel message was being spread among the Gentile populace. So in verse two, Paul gives a, a, a warning about false teachers, whether they're whether they're yet to come, their potential threats to the community in Philippi or whether they were already there, it's ambiguous. So there are different scholars who say that either Paul was pre-warning against false teachers he knew that could be could be out and about, 
as we as we saw in the people who were who were the false teachers in in, in Galatia, which we should read about in the letter to the Galatians, or or there were potential potential teachers who would be coming to challenge the faith of these new Gentile followers of the God of Israel and the Messiah of Israel. So Paul starts in this third chapter, we said, as we said, we'll get into on verse two, where he warns against false teachers coming to disrupt the faith, the new faith of these Gentile Yeshua followers in Philippi, and also can, to confuse the the few Jewish Yeshua followers too could be caught up in in these false teachings and be drawn away. But specifically, the threat is to the Gentile Yeshua followers in Philippi. There was so the, so they said there's either either the, these are people who are already in the community causing trouble, causing false teachings to be spread, or they were a threat that Paul wanted to be sure that they understood. And wanted them to know that they could, could they needed to uh, be ready for them to confront the false teaching. Today, I want to give you a fresh Messianic Jewish perspective on this chapter, which is important in considering that the early Christian com the early Christian commentaries use this chapter as a polemic against Judaism and Jewish practice, specifically on circumcision. Most notable are the fourth-century homilies of John Chrysostom, an early early Christian leader, which has been the basis for the anti-Judaism bias prevalent in most current Philippian commentaries. In my in my research for my commentary on Philippians, I looked at, at nearly a hundred different different Christian commentaries on on this letter on this chapter and pretty much for the most part all of them see in these warnings that Paul will be giving in chapter 3 that they're specifically against Judaism and this and this bias against Judaism the bias against circumcision this bias against Jewish practice was really solidified with the the work of John Chrysostom who was an early Jewish an early Christian Christian teacher and preacher, he, he was, he, he and he wrote an early commentary on on Philippians, which which were which were a series of homilies or sermons that he gave on the the book of Philippians, and from Chrysostom, in the early centuries of the of the, the fourth century of, of the common era, and actually even before then, then with that with other other people like Justin Martyr. In the second century of the common era this this anti-judaism perspective on what paul was teaching here in philippians has been set and as i said it was, it was pretty much as i said i looked at about at over a hundred different commentaries and books on philipp on philippians and pretty much i would say 99 percent are focused on on it being being a Verse two of this chapter specifically, being an anti-Judaism, anti-circumcision verse, and and you know going going as far as 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 one of the as one of the notable academic commentaries, the Yale, the Anchor Yale Bible, 
actually actually saying saying that Judaism was worthless and Paul was teaching that Judaism was worthless and was completely rejected by by the Apostle Paul which we know is incorrect and this this false understanding needs to be needs to be dealt with and this is this is really the impetus behind the commentary I wrote on Philippians the Messianic commentary which is the basis for our, our teaching here so in this in this chapter we will get to see a new perspective on on what Paul is speaking here he's not rejecting Judaism he's not rejecting circumcision as we we talked about earlier he circumcised Timothy who was who was born to a Jewish mother but his father never had him circumcised and Paul circumcised him as an adult before they they went on their on what's called Paul's second missionary journey his trip his second trip to Asia Minor and also to to uh, Macedonia so as I said so this this bias against Judaism this bias against circumcision for Yeshua followers for Jewish Yeshua followers was set early on in Christian history with these homilies these sermons by John Chrysostom which were the basis of what we consider a first an early commentary on Philippians that Chrysostom did through his series of homilies that were negative on Judaism based on on this third chapter of Philippians so given that given that uh, that uh, incorrect basis I hope to bring a new perspective a perspective that is a Messian and Jewish perspective that is positive to Judaism positive to circumcision for for Jewish believers in Yeshua for all Jews to be all Jewish males to be circumcised and that there is an understanding uh, that Paul affirmed Judaism rather than rejecting it in this chapter in this chapter Paul confronts false teaching from the opponents of the good news of Messiah and rebukes teaching from either either heretical Yeshua followers as as the common understanding that these were people who were who claimed to be in the Messianic community that were spreading these false teachings or one of the many pagan proponents in Philippi who could lead the new Philippian believers away from their faith in Yeshua and, and the Messiah so an another new option to these being these being incorrect or heretical Yeshua followers we we will see from from uh, Dr. Mark Danos the possibility that these false teachers that Paul is confronting are actually from the pagan religions of Philippi that were were trying to seduce the the Jewish followers trying to trying to seduce the Gentile followers of Yeshua to either have a syncretic you know, melding of, of faith traditions adding back some of their their pagan traditions to their new Yeshua faith or or uh, some other other taking on a false teaching so in, in verse 1 of chapter 3 we get this interesting interesting phrase that starts off in conclusion and as I said we'll I'll read the whole verse here and then we can comment on it in conclusion my brothers rejoice in union with the Lord 
It is no trouble for me to repeat what I have written to you before. For you, it will be a safeguard. This first, this first verse in chapter 3 is one of several concluding verses of this letter that have ca caused much debate, as this opening phrase, phrase that, that Dr. Stern translated in conclusion. Some scholars hold the Philippians was an edited collection of two or more letters sent to Philippi, and those verses in the middle of the letter appears to offer evidence of this. So as we briefly covered in the uh, our first lesson, there is an understanding by some scholars that what we have today as Philippians or the letter to Philippi was actually an edited together collection of two or possibly three letters that Paul sent to Philippi that were compiled, compiled together into what the letter we have today. Because as we said, there are there are multiple multiple seemingly conclusions throughout this letter, of which this one here in the, in the third chapter that we know, this is the third chapter of the letter, first verse of the third chapter. And we know that there is a fourth chapter of the book, but it starts off saying in conclusion. So because of these, of these seemingly separate sections throughout this letter, there are those who believe that this, what we have today is the modern letter to Philippi, the, the Philippians letter, is actually a combination of two or three letters that Paul wrote to the Philippians. Rather than a conclusion to one of multiple letters, Dr. David Stern here suggests that Paul was summarizing a discussion of humility with a warning not to boast. So Dr. David Stern in his commentary on Philippians sees here that rather than this being a sign of there being multiple letters to Philippi, that this is this is a, this is a concluding concluding word from one of the, the multiple letters. He sees that actually here in, in speaking of in conclusion, Paul is concluding the thought about humility and the examples of humility that we've seen in the first the first two chapters. One, the example of Paul, the in chapter one, the highest example of humility, Messiah Yeshua, in the first part in the Messianic hymn of chapter two. And then the examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus in the second part of, of the of Philippians 2. So this in conclusion is is that is that is understood by Dr. Stern and it makes sense to me too. That in speaking on in conclusion here, he's concluding this thought that he has put forward these, these four examples of humility. As I said, the, the topic, the understanding of humility runs throughout the whole, the whole book. And, uh, and in here, in here, the Dr. Stern sees that Paul is, is concluding that those four pictures of humility as he goes into what we'll be looking at as a negative example of, of humility. That being, that being the example of pride and pride in, in physical status. So Dr. Stern, as I said, is summarizing the discussion of humility with a warning not to boast. As Yeshua in the Messianic hymn of chapter two represented godly humility, 
Paul's opponents in chapter 3 represent the opposite of humility, pride. In commenting on this verse, Craig Keener, who's an important biblical scholar, interprets the Greek word kyre, commonly translated as in conclusion or finally, as a transition between sections within the letter, much in context, much in, in agreement with Dr. Stern. Another biblical, biblical scholar, Jeffrey Reed, came to a similar conclusion that Philippians 3.1 is not the ending, but a continuation of the letter. In fact, we will see in chapter 3 a fourth example of selfless servanthood that promotes Messiah, self, Messiah's self-sacrifice and life of humility. Understood this way, we can see the flow of the letter of humility, the theme of humility throughout the book. The examples of Messiah Yeshua in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, Timothy in chapter 2, verse 22, Epaphroditus in chapter 229, and now in chapter 3, the example of Paul himself. And we'll see, as we say in chapter, in verse 2, which we're about to come to, an example of negative, negative humility, that being pride. In verse 2, we read, Beware of the dogs, those evildoers, the mutilated. We do not know... Actually, I'll read that again. These, these, are, these are, are powerful words and are important too. Beware of the dogs, those evildoers, the mutilated. We do not know the identity of the opponents Paul warned about here because he did not identify them by name, but only refers to them in epithets by these, by these descriptors or epithets about them. Most scholars understand the epithets to represent Jewish opponents and false teachers. For Paul to call these opponents dogs comes from the notion that it was believed that Jews used this term in referring to Gentiles. This understanding goes back to early church father John Chrysostom in his homilies on Philippians, which we speak about earlier, written in the fourth century of the Common Era. So this, this understanding of these epithets being referencing Jewish people as was has been set in 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 Christian thought and Christian interpretation of this passage, as I said, since as, as early as the fourth century of the Common Era, in the writings of John Chrysostom, and actually reflected earlier, as I said, in the second century, by the uh, by Justin Martyr, who, who was also one who set up an early anti-Judaism lens through which the New Testament was read. The reference to the mutilated which is the Greek word katatome, which is most, co most commonly seen as a derogative, katatome, which most commonly see as a derogative reference to Brit Malah, ritual circumcision in Judaism, can reinforce the belief that these opponents were Jews that Paul called mutilators of the flesh. So the, the Greek word for, for ritual circumcision for Brit Malah is peritome. This here is an is another Greek word, katatome, which can be which can be rendered as mutilation or mutilation of the flesh. So there's there's understanding that Paul here is actually calling 
those who are promoting promoting ritual circumcision and bring the law as those are promoting desecration or mutilation of the flesh that rather than being a sacred act the circumcising of jewish boys at eight eight days old and for those who convert to judaism if they had not been circumcised as a child as mutilation rather than a holy act of covenant fidelity some scholars also see ketatome as a reference to spiritual mutilation which they pointed to the false teachers being gentiles possibly the recent converts to judaism who are promoting circumcision to gentiles if so such circumcision would present both a physical mutilation and a spiritual mutilation the seemingly negative understanding of circumcision and jewish practice has led many commentators to understand paul here in philippians 3 and elsewhere as being against judaism torah for example in the harper collins study bible at philippians 3 2 a footnote states the reference to catatome is a harsh rejection of circumcision for all followers of yeshua though this reading rejects the ongoing practice of circumcision for jewish followers and makes paul's use of catatome into polemic against judaism and torah observance so we even see we even see that in the 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 uh, harper's call and study bible that this anti-judaism anti-circumcision understanding has worked itself into the into the notes of this of this bible translation the harper Collins study bible is a is a study bible of the of the nrsv the new revised standard version of the bible but in their footnote on chapter on verse on chapter two chapter three verse two the footnote says that in in this paul's rejecting circumcision for all followers of yeshua even jewish followers of yeshua which we can see from his own example of circumcising circumcising timothy who was born to a jewish mother and was was half half jewish his father was greek even by own so it seems it seems here that that it's saying that paul somehow either changed his mind or was being hypocritical when he had actually circumcised timothy that he's he is now saying that circumcision for all jewish followers of yeshua is is no longer to be done and rather than being a holy act as it had been understood in jewish life in the jewish scriptures now circumcision of jewish boys on the eighth day the circumcision of, of the jewish jewish males is now a desecration it's actually a mutilation of the flesh it's no longer a holy act of covenant but now it is an it is an, it is an abhorrent act of desecration an act that was it was no longer for god but an act of desecration of of god's flesh that he's given us most commentators see this verse and the following verses in chapter 3 is demonstrating paul's rejection of judaism and jewish practice so as i said in my studies for my commentary over a hundred different books and commentaries on philippians i looked at pretty much it was it was it was 
it was I would say 99% of them were were focused on this being a rejection of Judaism a rejection of Jewish practice and a rejection of circumcision were all believers in Yeshua even Jewish followers of Yeshua but Dr. Mark Danos, in his writings on uh, on his his book on on Philippians and Corinthians Corinthians and Philippians within Judaism brought a refreshing contrast that that he, him being as, as one of the only scholars I should actually say outside of outside of uh, outside of Dr. Stern's commentary and mine is a derivative only in this work by only in in the in Nano's work, do you get a positive, a positive view of what Paul can be talking about? A positive Jewish view of this understanding, and is and Paul's one of the only scholars to question the credibility that Paul, a Jew, would derog, would use derogatory language about Judaism and Torah faithful Jews, whether within or without the Messianic community. So, whereas, whereas it's common among Jewish commentators, among Gentile Christian commentators on this verse. To see this as a rejection of Judaism, a rejection of, of Jewish practice, and see that these words, these these epithets, that the, the dogs, the mutilators, the false teachers were being being pointed at at Jews whether whether from the the believing believing Jews, Jews who who claim to be followers of Yeshua or from the not yet messianic Jews the non the the non messianic Jews Paul you know, is only really in the work of of nanos that we see a questioning of this a questioning of of Paul who himself was a Jew who was a faithful Jew that he would speak negatively and he used these these epithets against his own people, calling his fellow Jews, Jews dogs, mutilators, and false teachers. There were those like Bachmel, who was who was an important biblical scholar and 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 played a very important part in the in my work on my commentary. Bach, Bachmel putting together his commentary in the Black's commentary series. On, on the New Testament, and his work is was is one of the most most Jewish positive positive commentaries on Paul's letter to Philippians, and he his work his work really served as as an as an outline that I for my own commentary I used his 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 work along with Dr. David Stern's commentary. As basis to to work off of and to expand on what they they both offered in their commentaries there are those like like Bachmel and boring another biblical scholar who see the opponents of Paul as an actual but potential opponents with Paul preemptive warning the Philippian about false teachers that would come to Philippi so, so as I said, there, there's debate whether these are actually people who are really in Philippi at the time, or there are potential threats to the community. And as I said, both Bachmel and Boring see that Paul is actually preemptively warning against 
against teachers that could be coming to them, possibly knowing about their own previous experience, like those who were in Galatia or other other threats to the the good news of the Messiah that could be out there from other false teachers. So Paul here is, according to Brockmel and Boring, is actually pre-warning the, the Philippine community to be aware that there are false teachers that are out there, and that they have these false teachings, and to be prepared for them, prepared to confront the false teachings that they bring forward. Whoever the opponents were of Paul, they represent an opposite mindset and lifestyle to that of Yeshua, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. As scholar Herbert Bateman commented, the depiction of these opponents are self-centered, self-gratifying, and worldly, which clearly contrasts the self-denying, self-giving, self-sacrifice attitude and life of Yeshua and the lifestyles of Timothy, Epaphroditus, and Paul. So Bateman's, Bateman is saying, saying that though we don't know the identity of these people, we do know that they are ex negative examples of the humility and self-sacrifice of Yeshua, Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Because as I said, they're self-centered rather than God-centered. They're worldly. They're focused on the things of the world rather than on spiritual things. And they're they are they are not models of the self-denying, self-sacrifice of the Messiah. So, so as I said, we may not know who these people are, and as I said, it does it it's all up to speculation, you know, based on based on how people seek to understand who these people are and what their message is. As I says, as it says, we just have this this brief verse that says, beware of the dogs the false teachers, the mutilators. So there's, so, but as I said, the people of Philippi would have, would have understood who he was talking about. I said, whether they were, they were uh, already within the community or they're potentially coming to the community. They may, they must have heard about these false teachers going about and Paul was saying, be ready for them. The proposed identities of Paul's opponents include Yeshua following Jews, Messianic Jews, non-Yeshua following Jews, those from the larger Jewish community, the non-believing, the non-Yeshua believing community, newly converted proselytes, Gentiles who had recently converted to Judaism, and pagan influencers. So tomorrow we'll look at, at the possible identities of these of these who were coming into the community, bringing false teaching, who were, who were, who were, who were, Paul was confronting these ones that he called, as I said, dogs, false teachers, mutilators. So we'll be looking at the possibilities, as I said, we'll be looking at the possibility, the possible identities of these opponents being Yeshua following Jews, messing in Jews, who are bringing a false teaching in the community, the non-Yeshua following Jews, Jews from the larger Jewish community, new converts to Judaism, or the pagan influences of Philippi, those those false religions that they had let people of Philippi had left to take on their Yeshua faith. 
that could be call, calling them to come back to the false teachings or at least add the false, some false teachings and false belief systems to their, their new Yeshua faith. And we will be looking at the identity, the possible identity of these people tomorrow on our, our broadcast. And uh, that will conclude our time together for today at the, the Letter to Philippi live broadcast, an initiative of letterdophilippi.org, a new Messianic Jewish theological organization. And uh, you want more information about our about Letter to Philippi, please go to letterdophilippi.org. You should see in the, the scroll below the screen, you can see the address, letterdophilippi.org. And you can, you can look over our materials. You can request more information about our, our work. You can uh, add a prayer request. We want to be praying for you. Those people who are watching our broadcast, we want you to we want you to know that we are we are open to, and we look forward to sharing your concerns and bringing them before the Lord in prayer. We will have our our uh, our past our past classes are are posted on our teaching section. So if you've missed any of these classes, far we're now, I believe our thirteenth or fourteenth course class that we've done so far in this, in this daily daily program that we started on june 1st so you can you can either watch or listen to your previous bot previous broadcasts for those who are are able and want to support this work financially there is a donation link we truly appreciate any donation you can make to to the furtherance of our work here as this is our first initiative the letter to philippi live broadcast We'll be adding new materials, both both video and and written materials, to our website and 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 the coming weeks. As we'll be, as I said, we'll be working on the Messianic Jewish book reviews. We'll be doing both written and video reviews of uh, new new books and academic academic books on the, the very topics that are relative to building a messianic Jewish theology for the future. Books looking at the the Paul within Judaism perspective, books by different messianic Jewish authors, and books from the academic world that are of, of import for us understanding messianic Jewish theology for the future. So those will be coming soon and other videos we, we are we are looking to produce. And, and even print materials that we are looking to have available for you. And for those who want to also, on the website, we have a link on our resources page right now with my commentary on Philippians that you could purchase from Messianic Jewish publishers. So uh, that is our course for today, our class for today. Thank you for watching Later Philippi Live. This is Sean Imsley, who's been your teacher, and look forward to seeing you tomorrow at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time, as we'll be looking at the possible identities of these false teachers, these disruptors coming to Philippi, and that Paul is warning the people of Philippi about. We're looking at who these could, people could be and getting a new, new Messianic Jewish perspective on this verse, which has been sadly used for for these many years, right now, over 1,600 years from from the time of uh, almost 1,700 years, if you're, we're in the 21st century, that was the fourth century that Chrysostom wrote. So for for nearly 1,700 years, 
the basis for understanding this verse has been negative to, to Judaism and Jews and Jewish practice. But we will be getting a new perspective, a missing Jewish perspective tomorrow, who these who these false teachers could be, and a better understanding of this passage from a missing Jewish perspective. So thank you for watching. Come back tomorrow as we look as we continue looking at the letter to Philippi with the uh, the identity of the possible identity is that we don't know who they are the possible identity of the disruptors the false teachers in philippi that paul is warning about in verse two and we will look at that tomorrow so be, come come back to see us we'll be on on facebook live instagram live youtube live and on our website at letter to philippi.org and again my name is sean Emsley. i've been your teacher and we'll close with a word of prayer and go on with our day Lord, we thank you for this time to be together, looking at your word. We thank you, Lord, for your righteous servant, Paul, who's given these words. Lord, help us to, to come to know you better through this time of studying your word and help us to, to be able to become more and more a Messiah that Paul calls us to do, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this word you've given us from your righteous servant, Paul. And help us, Lord, to model him as he modeled you. And may we become more and more like you each day. And we honor you. We bless you. We give you the praise, you who are the one who bears the name, which is above all names. And that is Yeshua, our Messiah. In whose name we pray. Amen. Goodbye. Shalom for now. And thank you for watching. See you tomorrow at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And that will be all. So see you tomorrow. Blessings on your day.